0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As part of our new Wednesday We Forum feature series, exploring can't miss insights from the World Economic Forum and their key takeaways, today I explore the recent We Forum video What Will the Future of Jobs Be Like? Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to have you with me again today for this new episode as part of our Wednesday We Forum feature series. Today, I'll be exploring the We Forum video What Will the Future of Jobs Be Like? The Future of Jobs report maps the jobs and skills of the future, tracking the pace of change. It aims to shed light on the pandemic-related disruptions in 2020, contextualized within a longer history of economic cycles, and the expected outlook for technology adoption, jobs, and skills in the next five years. You can learn more and read the full report at wef.ch futureofjobs2020. I look forward to sharing some of my thoughts with you in relation to this short video, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip.
1: COVID-19 is one of the biggest crises of our time. It has impacted every single one of us, shaken our social systems, and disrupted every sector of our economies. The automation of work combined with the global recession led workers to lose their jobs at an accelerated pace compared to previous years, and this trend is expected to continue. The ongoing shift in the division of labor between humans, machines, and algorithms might displace 85 million jobs worldwide in the next five years. While 97 million new roles, ones that are more adapted to this new task distribution, may emerge. By 2025, companies expect to displace roughly 6% of their total workforce. One in two workers will need reskilling, and those remaining in their current roles will need to update 40% of their skill set to adapt to the changing labor market.
0: I don't think it's any surprise to anybody at this point to recognize and and to realize what the World Economic Forum is saying here about the disruption of the COVID pandemic. Uh, Couple that with the technological disruptions and rapid um, shifts that we've seen leading up to the pandemic over the last decade or more. And what we see is really just an acceleration towards the changing nature of work. And there have been so many studies. I've done many of these studies myself, um, but the World Economic Forum, of course, and many other organizations uh, have done these studies. And the expectation is that the vast majority of workers are going to need to reskill or upskill sometime in the next decade or two. That many existing jobs are going to be obsolete uh, because of automation, computer um, uh, algorithms, machine learning, robotics and such, all these new technologies, but also just the shift in the psychological contract of the workplace and the arrangement of employee-employer relations virtual work versus physical uh, in-person work spaces and offices and all of all of the above really, just lead to the this acceleration towards this shift. And so the World Economic Forum uh, research is looking specifically at the next five years. And as was indicated in this first clip, there are several statistics about what is expected in the next five years. While there will be a lot of displacement um, Millions, eighty million plus workers displaced from their jobs. There will be many new jobs created and generated, but they will require a new skill set. And with just within the next five years, half, one in every two employees are going to significantly need to reskill or upskill so they can uh, work in the new economy. This is not a minor, um, a minor uh, element to consider if I'm an organizational leader. Uh, I need to be thinking very seriously about how I'm gonna make sure that I have the labor necessary to continue to add value to the market. And we we simply can't, we're not going to flip the switch and immediately go to robotics and machine learning and algorithms to do everything, Um, certainly not. Uh, But we will gain uh, efficiencies and we will be able to displace some jobs in the relatively near future.
1: There is a way to collectively benefit from these challenging times decades of research have shown that the most valuable asset of any economy or company is its human capital. Around the globe, companies are already experiencing a shortage in relevant skills for future roles, and are investing in reskilling and upskilling their workforce. By 2025, organizations say they will train over 70% of their employees to ensure they can smoothly transition into the jobs of tomorrow. These include DevOps engineers, artificial intelligence specialists, digital marketing managers, talent acquisition specialists, and customer success specialists.
0: In fact, I don't think there will be any job or industry that will be untouched by these disruptive forces in the geopolitical and socioeconomic uh, conditions of the world and the disruptive technologies that are influencing the global economy. Every job is going to change in some way or another. Uh, Now, certainly there are some professions, there are some types of jobs, particularly jobs or the elements of jobs that are highly routinized, um, that are algorithmic. uh, Those types of jobs are much more easily replaceable because they require less human uh, insight and and less uh, creativity um, to go along with how they're performed. Uh, so those those tasks, at a minimum, if not jobs as a whole, will be displaced. I, I don't think there's any question about that, uh, and it's going to face most workers in some way or another. So everyone is going to have to think about the skills needed for the new economy. We're in the middle of industrial the industrial revolution 4.0, and the reality is it's it's coming for all of us. Um, I'm a professor. I'm a consultant. I, I teach, I train, uh, I meet with clients, I coach, I mentor. Uh, these are the types of things that I do. And I am fully aware that there are some aspects of what I do that aren't easily replaceable by technology, by algorithms, and by, uh, by robots. Uh, but there are there are other elements that probably are, and in fact, they will probably I'll probably welcome them because they'll increase my productivity and efficiency and allow me to spend more time focusing on those things I love, where I can really add value rather than the technical busy work types of things that can simply be outsourced um, to these more automated types of methods. But that all said, I need to be able to know how to interact with those technologies. Um, so if I have an algorithm that can take up a certain piece of what I've been doing, let's take grading, for example. Uh grading, automated grading um technologies are getting better and better, especially when it comes to like grading a paper for grammar and spelling uh, mistakes. There are technologies that can provide pretty darn good feedback to students um that would be super helpful to me as a professor. Um to help with those technical aspects of writing that students need to learn. Um, that can free up time for me to spend more time focusing on their arguments, focusing on the content, rather than having to copy edit every written assignment. Uh, th- that's just an example of how, uh, how technology will be able to enhance what I do as long as I have the, the capabilities of interfacing with that technology in a way that can add value to my customers, whether it's students or uh, companies I consult with or whatever. and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals teams and organizations
1: take on average between two weeks and five months for workers to pick up new skills, allowing them to move into these new roles. But data shows they won't need to have the perfect skill set to start transitioning. While two-thirds of employers expect to get a return on investment in employees reskilling programs within just one year, governments will also need to step in to update and fund education and training systems and to ensure displaced workers have adequate safety nets.
0: It certainly isn't going to be easy to go through this reskilling and upskilling. Organizations are going to have to invest tremendously to help their uh, their labor force be ready for the jobs of tomorrow. Uh, but it's not all on organizations. Uh, of course, there needs to be public policy that supports education, the the investment in higher education, um, not just traditional universities, but certificates and vocational training. Um, all types of of career development training will need to be um, provided, and so that's a public policy issue that requires government interaction and intervention. Uh, that requires a lot of work on the in the public policy side of the equation, and working with um, and advocating for uh, with voters and with governments and officials to understand the need, the necessity in collaboration with business, with, with, uh, with industry to make sure that we're meeting the needs of today and tomorrow. Uh, but it's, it's not just going to be on the organizations. It's not just going to be on, um, governments. It's on each individual. And now certainly I could choose to wait around until there's some sort of a program provided to help me reskill and upskill either by my employer or by the government. Um, but, Uh, I I wouldn't count on that, even though I know they're going to be investing in it. Um, We need to take personal responsibility for that as well. We need to make sure that we're taking on the challenge of learning these technologies, staying up to date in our field, and pushing the boundaries of our own understanding. I think about the HR profession, for example. Um, HR information systems, HR analytics, uh, machine learning and algorithms for chatbots in relation to um, to service centers and benefit centers that are automated for employees, these are all technologies that are already in use. And frankly, the, the vast majority of people in the HR profession aren't particularly well equipped to to leverage and utilize these. That's on the HR industry. That's on the HR profession as a profession. That's on each individual um, worker that needs to take more responsibility for understanding that the skills that they developed you know, a decade ago may not be sufficient to see them through um, to employability and to be able to be high achievers and perform at high levels into tomorrow. Um, so I know that I need to be developing my skills right now. I need to be developing my ability to uh, interface with technologies. I need to, to maximize my potential in my areas of strength around coaching and mentoring, um, creative and innovative thinking uh, in all of those areas that are not easily replicable um, by machines and by various new technologies. And ultimately, I I just can't plan on relying on my employer to do it. I can't plan on relying on um, the government to do it, even though I hope that they'll step to the plate.
1: With purposeful leadership and collaboration, we can turn this global crisis into a unique opportunity to transition into a future of jobs that is inclusive, fair, and sustainable.
0: I do believe that this pandemic can be a really great opportunity. Now my heart goes out to anyone negatively impacted by the coronavirus, whether it be health um, impacts or economic impacts, Uh, social emotional psychological impacts whatever I know it's hard I know lots of people have been suffering and it's been really challenging but there is an opportunity here this has been propelling us and accelerating us towards this shift which in many ways we were already moving towards anyways we we weren't remotely ready for it um, and now we're being pushed into preparing more for it and really uh, being clear-eyed about what it Is going to mean to move into our future to really catch up with the technologies that already exist and that are rapidly developing. I believe we can do it, but we do need strong leadership. We need strong leadership within organizations who are committed to develop their people, to reskill and upskill their human capital, to recognize that they're not going to be able to rely on just going out and recruiting a new pool of skilled uh, people, uh, that can just replace their existing employees. There's not enough labor in the world to accomplish that. Uh, We will have to go through a a dramatic reskilling and upskilling. I believe we can do it with the proper leadership. And I hope that everyone listening to this will take this seriously and that you'll be committed today to really going back and having these conversations with your, um, with your people, with the leadership in your organization and put together a plan. How are you going to, uh, deal with talent gaps and talent issues moving into the future. Put that plan into action so that you're ready for the future of work and not forced to be reactive and responsive um, when, when your industry or uh, the types of work that you're doing start to shift and change. As always, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.